Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right, that was going in last night at the end. I got it to him in midcourt. You see him shoot that shot during warm-ups. Uh, but off the mark. And Nebraska loses 78-75. Tominaga had 15 in the second half. Uh, I mean, you made it fun. I had 23. There were times he couldn't get loose, and then he'd start to force some shots. Yes. But he kept Nebraska in the game in the uh, second half, and now mm-hmm. it's up in the air what he is going to do. It is Thursday of championship week, so a week from today, and then tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. The ball will be tipped. Uh, two of the better days of the sports calendar. But to be honest... Today is like one of the better individual days of the entire sports calendar. It's Thursday of championship week. I loved it. If you're a a true sports junkie, it's going to be tough to find a better day because you've got all of these conference tournaments that are going on. Yep. You, You don't necessarily have to have a team to enjoy it. You just watch until you drop kind of day. If you're a college basketball fan, the Thursday of championship week is like late Christmas. Yep. It all starts at 11 a.m. too. When I would cover the Big 12 tournament, this was the day that was my friends and I, that we had Kevin on last week, and usually he'd pick me up at my place in Overland Park and we'd drive because he lived a little further away, and so then we'd drive downtown to go do our respective jobs. That was the day we looked forward to because you get there about 9, 9.30, get your coffee in, get your first couple of games, get you something to eat in between, and then you'd have the night games, which always mm-hmm. ended up being... Pretty amazing. Usually Kansas was the one seed, and they play a day game, so the whole place was jumping. And, of course, the arena down there was packed. Well, and you got, you, the, you got the bubble boys, too, that are desperate today. You'd be done about 12.30 before you'd go home. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow night, yeah, you'd have championship Friday. So, yeah, Thursday, that, that's the day where you get the FOMO going. Today's it, the best day of the week. Well, it's also so Creighton plays tonight against Villanova you know, in, in the big boy conference because you have some of the smaller conferences winding down. They've got mm-hmm. the automatic berths. That's a Saturday, good game. Saturday, Sunday, we know doesn't matter as much to the committee. I have to believe that Thursday is a huge day in terms of movement with the committee. So Creighton, yeah. basically across the board, is a six. I don't see that changing, even if they make it to the final for the fifth time in nine years at MSG and this time win. But Thursday, what you do on Thursday, because as Nick was alluding to, Rutgers and Michigan play the first game in Chicago, yep. and that's a playout game. Mm-hmm. So, for Creighton, I don't think it's a, you know they're not gonna they're they're gonna be a six in my opinion. But I was looking uh, during the break, so they've moved to the six spot where their opponent is somebody out of the play-in game, <coughs> which can either be good or bad. Yeah, you know you don't you'd like to have multiple days to work on your opponent when you have a play-in team. You know, if you plan on Thursday or Friday, you only have a, a couple of days. But everywhere this morning has Creighton as a six. VCU is a play-in t- team that made the Final Four. I mean, well, sometimes you don't. There's a disadvantage of playing the play-in team that wins because they've already played a game. Yep, they got a little momentum, even yep. though they have to travel, mm-hmm. and you don't have as much time to prep for them. Now they don't have as much time to prep for you. Um, 
But yeah, they're already off and going. Yeah, look at North Dakota State a few years back when Greasel was there. They won in a play-in game, and then they had to go play the great Zion Duke team. They gave them a game for a while. Yep. yep. So it's not just a walkover if you're playing that team that wins in the play-in game and you're a 6 and you're playing 11, but a lot of brackets have that scenario right now for uh, Creighton. Creighton-Villanova tonight at 8.30. Creighton's a 4.5-point uh, favorite. Welcome back in. Hour 2, mornings with Sharp and Hanley. The morning after Nebraska season may have ended last night in Chicago. 16-16, and 16, they'd fall 78-75 to Minnesota. So many missed opportunities in that game. Just the identity that had carried Nebraska and this enjoyment for the last month, a little over a month, completely disappeared uh, last night. And now Nebraska ball Mike would like to have a say or two on it. Good morning. Gentlemen, all I asked for this season was for them to make me. Now, Mike did not swear, so it's not like we cut him off. Yeah. I no. think his phone just dropped out. I assume make him make Mike, him interested. Mike, back. Make All him right, interested. This is third time. Better be a charm, or Mike's going to be booted to the street. Make him we're excited. Gonna give, we're going to give him the Bayheim treatment. We're just going <laughs> to kick him to the curb. Yeah, I'm standing by, Mike. Go ahead, call back. Yeah, Mike is probably still talking, thinking he's still on. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, gosh, I don't even know what I lost yet. That was. I had a lot of good thoughts, and I, I thought you guys were hearing every bit of it. It's, I, I think it is an, an interesting feeling today for a lot of Nebraska basketball fans. I know that after that game, you're, you're obviously leading with disappointment. You're leading with the missed opportunity. And then at some point that I think, and I don't want to put words into Mike's mouth, but I think other Nebraska fans are going to look back and we had this conversation not too long ago are going to look back and think about the month of february the conversations that began around this program when for a good chunk of january we didn't think we'd be having those conversations about postseason nit but there's just that sort of familiar feeling that sort of gut punch of a feeling of you're right there have a chance to take, again, a nice step forward and play in the postseason and feel good about an NIT, the body of work that you put together in the stretch run, but to just have a huge missed opportunity. It's it's sort of a conflicting feeling, on, in my opinion, on how you feel about the entire season. Uh, what, again, last night, what, what more could you want? One of, better, one of better, Minnesota's better players fouls out with a lot of time to go yeah. in the game. You weren't getting blown out, even as you were missing layups and Minnesota was shooting lights out. You had, what, four times in the second half a chance to take the lead. Um, and Greasel missed a couple of great looks on threes. Again, part of the make-miss, there were the two illegal screens. One was right. One, one was egregiously wrong. Um, the other one on <laughs> Jamarcus Lawrence right in front of the Nebraska bench yeah. was, was correct. But... It, I mean that that's on you. I mean they Nebraska ball did it to Nebraska ball last night, and you have to live with that. And you have to then ask the harsh question that I mentioned in the first hour: How do you get over the hump? Okay, you're 16 and 16, and you like some of the things you did this year. Mm-hmm. But how do you get over the hump with what's going to be available for you next year? Jamarcus Lawrence is a nice piece to have, and he'll work on his free throw shooting and his three point shooting, and he'll 
he'll make that next step in the offseason. And so he's a guy that's going to be part of the collection yep. that you can rely on. But to be honest, probably on this roster, which there's some guys on this current roster, I think you have to make you have to either say this is what your role is going to be, or you probably have to look at Breidenbach and say yes. this isn't for you, right? Bearded fella, we got to find a new home for you mm-hmm. um, because I don't know what minutes are going to be available for you next year. Is the stark reality for Nebraska as they look to next year, and what does it take to get over the hump with dudes on the floor? Is two of your better players probably are not even close to Lincoln, Nebraska right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the reality of, okay, thinking and hoping and praying and you know, jonesing about next year is two of the better players for Nebraska next year are not even anywhere near Lincoln, Nebraska, and they don't have an attachment to Nebraska right now. Right. You know, like Eli Rice's commitment, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking right. about guys in the portal yeah. where Nebraska will have to go and they'll have to hit some home runs and they will have to find somebody that can be exactly like Derek Walker gave you. Now, can you find a Derek Walker type that also shoots the three ball? Certainly. Those guys are already in the portal. But that's going to be your biggest need is to replace what Derek Walker has given you on and off the floor. Yep. And then if, if that's the case, if you're able to do that, uh, you know, is that enough to get over the hump and be in the NCAA mix? A lot of moving parts in the offseason for Nebraska and the way they do that roster. You know, it's not like all of a sudden they're going to have this run of high school commitments. Right. It's, right. going, it's going to be transfers that they're going to have to supplement with some guys that haven't played you know, long-quality minutes yet in their career that you're going to rely on next year. The um, part of the game last night, too, that I know we've might be getting into a little bit later as well, but I, you mentioned Greasel maybe going to the well, you know, one too many times where he's no, I, no, no, I didn't say that as a negative. He he had opportunities. Yes, so he he had the two threes, which were great looks, just didn't get in the fall. He got to the cup and he got shots and he, he they were strong lay-ins. I thought at the end he was going way too fast and he dribbled into a crowd yeah. on the play where everybody's going. Well, why don't you just call a timeout? after the free throw, or why not call a timeout when you get into the front court? I think Fred trusts Greasel. I didn't like him dribbling into a crowd. I thought in that case he was going too fast. Yeah, no, I, and I totally agree. I was also wondering, in, until I kind of saw it again on the replay, initially it almost looked like he was in between, do I go, do I call a timeout? Do I go balls to the wall, go to the rack, been able to get there, or do I call a timeout? And it just seemed like at a moment – there was that hesitation that as he kind of got into traffic, you know, kind of lose the handle on the basketball there, that I did wonder if he maybe was sort of in between there. Then watching it, I don't think there was any hesitation. I think that's exactly what he wanted to do. And I don't think anybody's even questioning it if you're able to maybe get a little bit more separation and you get that one to fall. You get to the rack, you get a clean look because, you know, in that situation, that's what you're trying to get. You're trying to get a high percent shot, even though the amount of layups that Nebraska missed would lead you to believe it's maybe not the highest percentage it should be. That's still something you'd rather have than a 30-footer. I, In hindsight, it's easy to say, yeah, you could set up something, you could design something by calling a timeout, but the idea itself, I, I, I wasn't against. It was obviously the result is where now I think people could look at it and say, why not take a timeout there? But I did think for a moment there was a hesitation that he might have been in between that thought process. But 
after looking at it, I don't think he was. I, I think he knew exactly once he had the basketball, that's where he was going. And it just didn't work out. I mean, I did think at the, down the stretch that Fred was going to finish the night with all th- with, with three timeouts left. I don't think he was ever going to call a timeout. <laughs> yeah. And they called the timeout, and they ran the ball on the uh, sideline inbounds play, which the lob to Greasel across the lane to the right side of the oh, rim when you yeah. inbounded on the left sideline. Yeah. I, I didn't, I don't, th- you know, there's so much, so many other things to ask Fred after the game. I wonder if that was the actual play, if that, that was the primary look off of that play, because that's a dangerous pass to throw oh, that's a high risk one, yeah. from the sideline, yeah. because as I tweeted out, the YOLO ball was back in Nebraska <laughs> athletics. <laughs> yeah, as soon as that ball left his hand, I'm like, oh God, this is bad. Thank God. But, yeah, this... The and I know some. I, I saw some people on social media questioning why he called the timeout before the last free throw, as opposed to seeing what happens and then be able to call a timeout with you know one point five seconds. It actually worked out to where makes the free throw. And I know Ben Johnson even said after the game, eh, we probably should have missed that free throw, make the free throw. It actually worked out well for Nebraska. But again, when you look at a game that in a whole was a major missed opportunity where Nebraska had many chances to take the momentum, whether we're talking about the Ben Johnson technical foul, the amount of times down the stretch that Nebraska could have tied or taken the lead and didn't do it. It's one of so many things that you're just going to overanalyze. And this game is no different than anybody else that's in a situation like that. But given the the gravity of what this game ultimately could have met for Nebraska – having a postseason birth, I get it. I, I I totally do. But it's just, I mean, this is on this is on Nebraska. This is on the opportunities that they just fail to capitalize on. And it's it's frustrating. It's a gut punch. Forced 15 turnovers, fouled out Jamison Battle. And Nebraska Almost. was actually pretty pretty good with the basketball. Yeah, Minnesota was better moving the basketball. Mm-hmm. Minnesota had 25 assists on their 27 field goals. It's almost unheard yeah, a season of. high. I mean, they they just couldn't miss. Well, they got a lot of open looks because of their ball movement. Mm-hmm. And there's you can just completely overanalyze a night like last night where that it was there, where you, you had opportunities. Like Minnesota said, "Hey, it's okay to take the game from us." The Wilcher foul on the three, yeah, which they didn't. I thought that was going to be the end, and they didn't. They didn't collapse because they quickly got back within a field goal. Mm-hmm. But 10 threes. And Minnesota, when they had hit shots last night, that yeah, a lot of it's about Nebraska today, but Tipper kept to yeah. Ben Johnson. He got his team ready to play, and they could have folded. So battle fouls out, and then he gets banged with a tee, and you're thinking, Ship, this game's over. I did too. But Nebraska totally. could never get over the hump. And now that's the question. How does Nebraska basketball as a program get over the hump to go from 16-16 and 16, with improvement in year four, to you're probably going to have to have a plus two, plus three, maybe even a plus four on that side, and a plus one, two, probably in the Big Ten season to be an NCAA consideration next year at this point in the season. And also figure out how do you get over the hump with a program, whether it's Barry Collier, Tim Miles, Doc Sadler, Fred Hoiberg, when you get to conference tournaments, what happens? Why do you look different yeah. from the previous week? Remember when Nebraska was a, the run to the NCAA tournament? Remember when Nebraska went to the Indianapolis as a four seed? Remember yep. that game against Ohio State? Yeah. They looked nothing like 
what they had looked like in that lightning in a bottle month that got them into the NCAA tournament. So what happens when they take a pause and they go to the postseason and they don't look like they've looked? And that's what happened to Nebraska last night. Identity was not close. They were tight. There was no sense of urgency. And they paid for it. And that's why they're coming home. Wisconsin can be the same thing in that discussion is Wisconsin had no sense of urgency until it was a little bit too late, and Ohio State got hot, and they let them stick around in that game. Now, another aspect of the game that play, was before Nebraska last night is, and I, I, just, I just wonder about Greg Gard, you know, the identity of Wisconsin this year. They were sloppy with the basketball. Uh, at times, they were leaky on defense, which has been a staple of Wisconsin basketball. Mm-hmm. They, they, they always look like a team that had issues. Hey, issues whether trying to figure out who are the right five on the floor or other things going on. Uh, yeah, I did not. I did not read uh, guards post game, but Chucky Hepburn, who looked miserable last night. I mean, he didn't play well. He was he had five points. He was two of eight. Didn't play well, but also did not look very happy. Mm-hmm. Like Chucky's a happy guy. He's out on the on the floor. He's got a bounce to him. He's got a little swag. He looked miserable last night, and it's not the first time. This year at Wisconsin, that I've thought that way because that's not Chucky. Yeah, seen Chucky play for a long time. He's still got a smile on his face. Okay, he's got a bob to him. He got pulled with thirteen forty nine to go last night. Didn't come in until about eight eight plus minutes later. I wonder if there's anything going on there. Wisconsin, yeah, and the I'm always curious, Greg Gard's overall connection with his players too. Like, I know how we kind of see him, and there was, you know, the incident with Juwan last year and, and, you know, some of the things, you know, his slight towards Nebraska after Nebraska beat him on senior day. Like, there's I, – I get maybe from the public standpoint, if you're not a Wisconsin fan, how you might view Greg Gard. But I, I would always be curious to know his overall connection with the players, too. Because when I think of, you know, Wisconsin basketball and you think of guys like Bo Ryan and, and you think of – Guys that had played for him and, you know, really did like him. But there was always a few that didn't always kind of have that, maybe respond well to that, the old school teaching mentality that Bo Ryan kind of had. The great guard one has always been something that I I don't know enough about. You don't hear enough about, I should say, as far as where he is with this team. Does he have this team's ear? Because... That's a it's an odd look last night. Ohio State, mind you, had been playing better basketball, but it's an odd look for that Wisconsin team to just there's there's no way you can come in with the mentality of yeah we're good, we're we're in the tournament. Yeah, I can't believe he said that. I'm thinking they were they were nice and secure. Right. I mean, the Big Ten Network you know shoved it down our throats that Wisconsin was in a good spot, and then they started plugging Ohio State. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why you'd say that to your team. That's they, they essentially had to win one game, and they probably would have been maybe the 68th team in. See, I thought yeah. that was weird, too, The where the Big Ten Network was like, well, Wisconsin, how they can get in. I look at the record. You're 17 and 14. You're not getting in. You're 7 and 11 in the league. You're not getting in. They're, at, at least you're not in a position where, like, hey, guys, no matter what happens, we're good. So Wisconsin and Nebraska, Wisconsin's out of the NCAA. Uh, they might host an their, IT game at the Kohl Center. Their net is 81 this morning. Nebraska's net essentially stayed the same. They're 92. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. It was just a. It was a real weird look of a team that 
mind you, I get a Wisconsin's not upper half of the Big Ten, but you know that was as far as an inspirational type of performance. That wasn't it for a team that you know kind of felt that sense of urgency. And again, I'm not trying to say that Nebraska looked so much better. Nebraska, obviously, it's it's a little bit different when you're talking about the NCAA tournament to the NIT, but the bottom line was you're in a tournament you need to win to feel good about whatever your postseason prospects are. And, and you know, neither team did, but especially for Wisconsin, it, not a great look for them. All right, 27 past the hour. Uh, next hour, Sarah Baker Hansen will uh, join us, Steve Sipple as well. Uh, and don't forget, great March Madness place to watch all the games, championship uh, day-to-day on a Thursday, culminating later tonight with Villanova and Creighton at MSG after just a bonkers, well, actually the first couple of games at MSG, not the Villanova-Georgetown game, but crazy day one at Madison Square Garden with the DePaul-Seton Hall game. Uh, you can watch th- all this stuff out at Oscars, but you can win a gift card from Oscars coming up at 930 uh, so you have a couple hours to get in questions to Jimmy at 1620thezone.com. Anything goes, he'll pick uh, the best question, and he'll get a nice, and I mean a nice gift card to uh, Oscars. That's all still to come as we roll till 10 on this Thursday edition of Mornings with Sharp and Handley at 1620thezone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.